Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. Just myself, Johnny Hammond today. But we've got a great chat coming up with Joe Yap, the lady in charge at Worcester. A really, really frank chat with her about what's been going on at the club, the heartbreak of the last couple of months. And beginning to claw their way towards some light at the end of the tunnel and a brilliant result at the weekend as well. And I even get to have a little chat as to what the response might be if England came calling. Anyway, let's get straight to Joe now. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome Joe Yap onto the Women's Rugby Pod, the uh, the head on show at Worcester Warriors. Joe, you're looking very well considering the um, the bumpy road that it has been of late. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, it has been a bumpy road and I've probably got the bags under my eyes to show it. But yeah, not no, we're all. getting there. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Joe, we would be, would be remiss if we uh, didn't have a, a just a, a tiny look back at uh, at the World Cup. You've been there, got the T-shirt, the plastic tray and all the rest of it. Um, what did you make of the of the tournament as a whole? Let's 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 go wide first. Oh, it looked amazing, didn't it? And I think um, that the final was a was a great showcase for the women's game and to to be a sellout. Uh, it just looked uh, looked looked fantastic atmosphere. So I thought it was um, you know it was a real step up, and I thought they'd done a great job of it. Uh, and then that 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 final England New Zealand. Um, what what did you did you make of uh, of that? A, a cracking game of rugby. Yeah, it was a really good game, wasn't it? And uh, New Zealand, wow! Like the last twelve months, what a what amazing step up they've had, and to to be in a position from last autumn to be there in the final, playing the sort of rugby they were, it was pretty impressive, to be honest. And um, and they kind of stuck to what what they believed in, uh, which was really interesting. It, they very much went out and wanted to express themselves and. England, um, you know, I really felt for felt for England. They went in, it kind of, they went in with a lot of pressure on their shoulders. I felt there was a massive expectation on them, and and I think you could see that a little bit with the girls. Um, and obviously, from our perspective, um, just absolutely heartbroken to to see Lydia leave the field. Um, you know, probably the least least likely person you'd ever expect to to get a red card, if I'm honest. So. Clearly that did impact, but England was still in it. They were still in it. They still had an opportunity to win the game. And, um, you know, after all of that and, um, yeah, what, what a game it was for the for, for a neutral supporter. Um, obviously heartbreaking for England, but, yeah, amazing for the game. England lose it or New Zealand win it? It's <sighs> a real difficult one, isn't it? Like, I, I don't think it'd be fair to sort of answer that because I think New Zealand definitely came out wanting to move the ball and wanting to win it. But England had an opportunity at the end and, you know, and, and, and didn't take that opportunity and probably had opportunities, you know, a couple of opportunities throughout, but um, yeah, it's a real tough one. Yeah. Bit of, bit of both, isn't it? Um, so look, myself included, um, enough sort of women's rugby media types, just speculating sort of where England go next. And, you know, I would consider Simon a, a, a friend of mine. So, yeah, it's a it's a strange conversation to be having. But if we are looking forward and what have you, um, you're highly qualified and highly, highly rated by uh, anyone I've ever come across in the, in the game. If, if England did come knocking and said, we'd like you to head up the, the, the women's programme, what, what would be your response? Told you there'd be a curveball. Oh. Yeah, well, what a question. Um, God, it's really hard to know what to respond right now because um, 
I literally feel like I'm taking one day at a time with Worcester um, because that's my absolute priority is is keeping keeping Worcester in the prem and I I just can't even see past you know past tomorrow and past Sunday and past past next week at the moment so right now I don't know obviously it would be massive um you know like privilege isn't it to to, to be spoken about in the those in those circles and, and that's really nice but um but yeah I, I i genuinely don't know there is the commitment of, of of the lady um looking at right in front of her let's let's get to to worcester we mentioned just at the top there that uh, it's been a it's been a, a bumpy road for those people under under a, a rock where where exactly are you right now i mean you, you're back playing last weekend but but behind the scenes kind of where exactly do you stand? And, and obviously, end of the season is the end of a sort of another Premiership cycle. So you've got to sort of that sort of tender protest protest for next season as well going on. Yeah. So where we are right now, we're we're currently owned by a company called Cube International, uh, which is kind of backed by a number of sponsors. And some of those sponsors were kind of previous sponsors of the club, uh, like Adam Hewitt. Um, and EBC, which is great that they've they've stepped in to support us. So everything in terms of rugby, we are back to complete normality in terms of what the pro- program we're providing the girls. They're coming in, getting exactly the same as what they were getting before. The administrators have been great in the sense that they continue to let us use all the facilities and play our matches there whilst it's under administration. Um, in the meantime, the Jim O'Toole Consortium has been the prefer- preferred bidder for them so I've spoken to spoken to him and they very much want the women to be part of you know their their long-term vision of the club so their plan is to for us to go back in with them um, if the sale goes through um, so you know this month is pretty critical um, hoping to get an answer you know this month from from the administrators and DCMS and RFU in terms of accepting the consortium and if that goes ahead then we will come go in with them that's the plan but obviously in the meantime we've got the retender like you said and we've got our interview next Wednesday um so yeah there's a lot going on but in terms of actually on field and on training field that side of things is very much um as as we were before August I mean, it, it just just an extraordinary situation. There, there's plenty of things I'd like to pick up on, on, on that. You're entrenched in the club. The whole family is happy for for many years. Um, I know you've been fully involved. In it. it sounds like the the communication, uh, at least, which you know was was quite a large problem um, at Worcester, leading to this you know this this dark time for the for the club. Um, it seems like the communication between yourselves and um, Premier Fifteens and the RFU and, and consortiums, whatever, are, are, are sort of really nice and transparent, and it's all sort of filtering through. And therefore, you've got reasonably happy players. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, a lot of people at the RFU have been really, really supportive of us through this. If I'm honest, in terms of trying to make sure that the women's program and 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 we can continue so th- that's been been great and people have really gone out of their way to make sure that we could carry on obviously we got suspended the same time as the men um but the nature of us being you know not not as expensive to run meant we had this opportunity of a buyer coming in specifically for us and buying our license uh which has enabled us to carry on which has been which has been amazing so in terms of training i, I mean are you using six ways? Are the doors locked? Is that all padlocked up? Or 
Are you at the university ground? How's it working? No, no, we're we've um, we're, we're at six ways. We're very much at six ways. All our training um, has been at six ways. We had a period where we weren't at six ways. So when we first, when the club first went into administration and the administrators came in, um, everything was shut down for for literally a couple of days. Uh, we then went and spoke to Worcester RFC, which were really supportive, and they let us do a couple of sessions across there. Um, and then, um, and then when we spoke to the administrators, they were fine for us to continue to use it and to play our games out of there, which has been which has been great. But obviously, even though we had full use of the stadium, um, we all got made redundant. Um, so you know, no, no staff or players have been paid for like eight weeks. Uh, we got made redundant on the fifth of October, and then it was like, well, what what now? Because nothing we had nothing finalized with anybody else at that point um but staff continued to come in um we continued to train with the players um we had to everything was a sort of our own risk as staff and their own risk as players we didn't do any contact for a while but they were fully aware and we tried to be as honest and transparent with players throughout all of this because that's the only way you could be because at the end of the day, we were all in exactly the same situation. We were all in the same boat, so to speak, and that we'd all lost our jobs. None of us knew what was happening. So we were having like regular meetings with the players. Uh, if we weren't at a club, we were doing it on Zoom. Um, if not, we were sitting around on the comfy chairs at the club. <laughs> you know, we sort of look back and smile about it now, but it's like, okay, right. You know, I remember sitting there the one day and we we're going like, we just finished training. And I said, um, right, girls, it's all going to court tomorrow. And I think from tomorrow, we as staff are going to all be made redundant. And they were like, okay, <laughs> so what, what, what happens now? We're like, well, we'll see how it goes, but we're hoping I'll put out a schedule at the end of the week and we'll, 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 see what happens and it was just um it's just absolutely um crazy when you look back at it kind of from the 17th of august when the petition went first went in to to then 5th of august being made redundant and everything in between it's been um it's been crazy that situation in terms of finances for, for you the players yourself the staff is it is, is that being rectified now was it a period of goodwill or is it ongoing yeah, so um, we are now contracted, so we're back getting paid, and then we could claim. So we could claim back for loss of earnings um, from the government um, for the loss of earnings we had when when the club didn't pay us for the throughout September. There's so much there, and I, I don't particularly want to drag you back down to it because I think, as we spoke just before coming on, that, um, that there is light at the, the end of the tunnel, and you are sort of paddling to, towards it. But what what on earth was it like? going to bed with ifs sleeping with with butts and waking up to maybes what just how tough was that because because you also you're responsible for everyone below you you know that umbrella effect that that pyramid effect you're you're at the very very top of that and people are, are looking to you just how just how tough has it been if you don't mind me asking um no no i don't mind I'm not going to lie, like it's been really tough and I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Um, and everyone's like, oh, you've done really well. But like underneath it all, honestly, like the amount of times I drove drove back from the club um, in tears quite often because I was like, how can, you know, we were in such a good place as a club. We had so much um, support and the facilities were amazing and we had, we were really heading in the right direction, got an amazing group of players and staff. And you leave there and you just go, how, how can this this could every time you left the club, you were, you kind of thought this could be the last time, and that's where we were at. Every game we played, we we're like this could be the last game, and then 
on the back of my mind, I was like, how on earth do I contact 15 players that are at the World Cup and tell them they haven't got a club to come home to? And that was really hard because the players that were here were living it every day with us. So they were fully up to speed. But those players out there were, you know, it was really, really hard. And I set up a, a WhatsApp group with them all in. And when there was like pivotal moments, because obviously everything got really sensationalized at one point, there was so, so much in the media. I was trying to just, I left them voice notes because I thought voice notes would be better than the text because I thought voice notes gives gives a tone to what I'm trying to say. So I was trying to just give them like the outline and then I'd say to them, look, if you want more information, just let me know. But I'm really, really conscious that your 100% focus needs to be at the World Cup and we will do everything we can to make sure things are okay. But, and then speaking to them now, they when they, they're obviously all, all coming back in, they're, they're really like appreciative of that, like in terms of us keeping them in the loop because I was like, do I say anything? But saying nothing just is just going to worry them even more. And their, their kind of thoughts were like, well, it was all right. We knew you'd sort it out. And I was like, really? Like, that's lovely that you think that. But actually, there were moments when I don't think, I, you know, it was completely and utterly out of our control. So, you know, it was lovely that they had that confidence. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I wish I'd had your confidence. Can, you know, it's it's not been as straightforward as that. No, but but what a lovely thing to, to hold on to, that um, your players had complete faith in you that, and they knew you'd sort it out. Um, yeah, <laughs> what uh, what what confidence that those those players have in you. So then, how lovely then to to get back on the park and do what you guys do best: coaching rugby, playing rugby, first round of the, the Premier Fifteens. Just how lovely was it just to just to take the park? Oh, it was just yeah, it was just amazing. Um, and I think through all of this, you just, it, it kind of makes you realise um, just what you've got. And I think the players recognise that and the staff recognise that and how how fortunate we are because, you know, you just take it for granted, don't you? You can get caught up and stressed with the smallest of things sometimes from day to day. But when you're in a position where they can literally take everything away from you, you, you appreciate everything a lot more. You appreciate every training session and you appreciate you know, getting on the bus and driving to Harlequins and being able to run out of the stoop. Like, it, it's just, it just makes you kind of realise that. And I think that's why, you know, through all, all of this with, at the start with beating, beating Exeter and then, and then like Quinns in the cup at home and then away, it kind of does definitely add that extra to the players because they just, they're, they're really united at the moment because they've had to be to get through it. Because through all of this, and um, we had, you know, like I say, the girls hadn't been paid. We had no medical insurance at one point. All of us were redundant. We haven't lost a player through this, which is just amazing. Like not not one of them has turned around and walked away. Um, and I think that says a lot about the group. The group that you've created. Don't don't forget that that fact. Um, but yeah, look, the double over Quinns now, as you say, the the, the those cup games. Um, uh, but to to get back to league and is that. That way, that, that that performance, that victory came from just backs against the wall. Um, it's a busy lane, that isn't it, for tractors behind you? It's um, yeah, no, that's my uh, that's my dad going up and down. It's the same tractor. He's taking feed out. Apologies. Is he? He is a busy chap, your dad. What's he farming? <laughs> Sheep. Ah, oh. it's an unusual way of carrying them around, but no, fair enough. Each to their own. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, just go back to. Yeah, now we're distracted by tractors. Um, 
that that, that result did, did did it was it forged from sort of fairly obviously sort of backs against the wall. We're in this together. We we, we got to fight because that's a yeah. It's a, it's an impressive way to start the season. Yeah, it's definitely an element of that, um, and that that takes you so far, doesn't it? But you know, the girls have worked really hard as well, and they're a young group, and I, and that's where ultimately a lot of the players we know in the in these in that first round were were players that have come out of the cup, and we we're fortunate to have a really good young group of players coming through, so that have have been performing really well in the cup for us, and they've come through our centre of excellence and. Um, you know the back back line when you look at it someone like Tori Sellers it's in the under 20s and things like that really talented young nine and you have Abby Kershaw in there that's just come out of 20s and Jemima Moss there's a lot of really young players that have come through and um and they're they're just getting better and better as well so I think it's a combination of yes pulling together and, and united but equally these players are starting to step up and being able to deliver in in senior rugby now all this going on and what have you, but but we we've said and whether it be in commentary or podcasts, or whatever that you you building building something quite quite special and um getting to a point where you're going to be properly challenging that that top four is 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 this the year through it all um is this is this a sort of seminal year that you break from that five six team to three four team um. I don't know if it's it's potentially a year too early. Our our main focus this year, well, firstly, was to to get on the field and play, but secondly, was to to make sure we continue to finish higher up the league than than we are now. And um, unfortunately, we've come back and uh, and a number of our World Cup players have, have picked up injuries. And and I think every club is going to be massively impacted this year on on, on the World Cup. And it's not going to be quite as straightforward as as normal years. You know, we've had no preseason with the these players so how how they integrate back in is going to be crucial and unfortunately we've had we've had a few come back that aren't that aren't going to be fit uh which is a real shame so but yeah as long as we keep moving up the table and we keep bringing players through our pathway then i think then we're, we're heading in the right direction just two more who's to look out for this season if you don't know university of worcester warriors that's the official title now is that's right isn't it um who's to look out for in the squad oh wow um i don't know i, I think everybody's fully aware where of her already but you know this season vicky laughlin's come in and, and has been absolutely flying um and obviously we've had Paige and lydia in there as international wingers but vicky has really really stepped up um karis cox at 13 um she she is getting better and better like her commitment to to training and and to everything and um and plus trying to do her nursing and stuff she you know she's it's really she's really quite incredible and then you've got our youngsters like Tori Sellers and Jess Kershaw two really up and coming nine things that are really exciting to watch in training um so yeah there's 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 quite a few there um yeah there are indeed uh and learning off uh, off a good um sale Sunday then back at home one o'clock six ways. Get down there, ladies and gents. Do your talking with your wallets and your feet uh, and go and support. Um, get down to 6 days, 1 o'clock. So, yeah, 12.30, perhaps 12 o'clock. Um, soak up the atmosphere. Um, what are you making of sales so far this season? Are you hoping to presumably double up or we'll just continue the, the, the performance levels? We're going to see a, a couple more of the uh, World Cup players in there. 
Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you you kind of do your like uh, preview of the opposition, but then the team sheet comes out today, and um, and every every week's going to be like this now, isn't it? Um, they've brought back in, they've got a couple of their Americans back in the mix and different things, so it looks very different to the team sheet that they put out last week. Um, so so that that's why it's going to make this league really interesting. Um, but they're they're you know they're obviously really well coached by Tails as we both know, um, and I'm sure that she's gonna you know she's gonna be ready for a good fixture, and it's always a really competitive competitive game with them. Um, yes, we'd love to make it back to back wins, and and more importantly, we just want to put in you know if we can get the win and we can get a strong performance in front of a home crowd at Six Ways after everything, and to show the supporters. Um, you know, and kind of thank them in that way for everything they've done. I think that's um, massive. It's very unique. How much fun is it coaching against someone you've coached with? In Rachel Taylor, who's uh, heading up sale while Katie Dale McLean's sort of swanning herself in a hot tub most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's always, you know, it's always good fun, isn't it? Uh, having coached with Tails twice in, in very different environments. The Barbas is such a different environment to coaching um you know the club comes with all sorts of different sort of pressures to what what it does within a barbarians camp but um yeah no it'd be good to see i saw her at the launch as well so um yeah it's nice joe absolute pleasure i'll let you get on with your your tendering um <laughs> let dad get on with his sheet moving <laughs> um it's been really really lovely to, to to speak to you and i'm i'm, I'm so glad that there is a smile there and yeah as i said to you personally and and you know, social media is anything we can do. Um, then do let us know. Um, but yeah, real, real, real delighted to see you sort of getting back to your feet. Lovely, thank you. I'm Rachel Taylor, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. As we were talking about with Joe, there Premier 15s started last weekend in England. The results were as follows: South Sharks beat the MP 31-12, Anisha Washington. On debut with a score. Bristol notched up 62 unanswered points against Was Claire Monroy with an absolute stunner. Good crowd there as well. Got to Heartbreak looking like a proper, proper top four side this year, aren't they? Away at last year's finest. Exeter 1, 17.25. Good afternoon's work from Emma Singh as well. Well, Champion Saracens had one of their purple patches against Loughborough Lightning in the space of four minutes. Kelsey Clifford... May Campbell scored. That was Campbell's third. Of course, May Campbell started the season with a hat-trick. Worcester backed up their cup win over Harlequins with a stunning five-point win at the Stoop. Vicky Laffling, as we were saying, with a couple for Joe Yap's side. The second was absolutely sensational. And this weekend's fixtures in the Premier 15s. On Saturday, 12 o'clock, DMP Sharks host Exeter. Gloucester Hartbury against Bristol, 12.30. That's your live stream game as well. That's going to be an absolute corker. And then on Sunday, Loughborough Lightning host Harlequins women while Wasps travel to Saracens. That's quarter past three. And then Worcester against Sale, one o'clock kickoff at six ways. If you've enjoyed the World Cup, then get yourself down to these games. They'll be fantastic rugby. The World Cup players are beginning to be drip-fed back into these sides. Regardless of that, this will be some cracking rugby. That Gloucester Hartbury Bristol game will be absolutely sensational, won't it? In Ireland, the AIL League has continued while the World Cup has been going on. The final round of regular season games happened last weekend. Blackrock College finished in top spot with a clean sweep of eight wins. Railway Union with seven. Old Belvedere 
And Eve Briggs, UL Bows booked their semi-final berth by edging out Galwegians with a 13-7 win. Congrats to Bellingcock, got their first win of the campaign as well. So Bows will travel to tabletop as Black Rock on Saturday the 3rd of December, while reigning champions Rower Union host Old Belvedere. And in sevens, the GB core squad has been announced. Now, England, Scotland and Wales are all combining. Nick Walkie is the coach, husband of our friend here on the pod, Shadow Powell Hughes. Further core squad members to be announced in due course. But for now, it's Ellie Boatman, Abby Brown, Heather Cowell, Megan Jones, Alicia Maud, Isla Norman-Bell, Celia Quantzer, Jade Shackles and Emma Uren. We'll bring you some of the international news next week on the pod. But just a couple of shout-outs just to finish up with. Shout-out to Harlequin's Fee Fletcher, who's retired. What a performer over the last five, six, seven years. Probably the most consistent performer in the top level of English club rugby. What a servant she has been to her clubs. And shout-outs also to the winners down in the swanky Awards due for World Rugby in Monaco. Sevens player of the year, Charlotte Caslick. Breakthrough player, Ruby Tui. Try of the year for Abby Dow. And 15th player of the year, Rohe DeMont. The team of the year, all subjective, of course. Hope Rogers from USA. Emily Totosi from Canada. Sarah Byrne from England, as is Abby Ward in the second row. With the Medusa Fall from France. Alex Matthews and Marley Packer, both red roses, in the back row with Canada's Sophie de Goody. Lord Sanseus and Ruhe de Mont, France and New Zealand at halfback. Teresa Fitzpatrick from New Zealand and Emily Scout, red rose in the centres. And in back three of Blackford's Ruby Tui and Portia Woodman and England's Abby Dow. A huge congratulations to all those players selected. That's it for another week. Big thank you to Tom and to Vicky. And don't forget to subscribe. Rate with the old five stairs. Let people know about the pod. Off the back of the World Cup, we want to increase the people getting interested in women's rugby as the amazing product that it is. And a big, big thank you, of course, to Jo Yap for her time and her honesty. Not an easy conversation to have, but a really, really important one. And so pleased that that light at the end of the tunnel is becoming more evident for her and the rest of the team at Worcester. Enjoy the weekend's rugby. See you next week.